Hi, I'm Pastor Guy Burke. We welcome you to this week's worship with First Baptist Church Indianola. We also invite you to find out more about us at our website, www.fbcindianola.com. And don't forget to like us on social media. Join us now as we study deep truths from God's holy word. Thank you, Dan, for that prayer and for leading us in that time of song and that worship. I want to invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn into the New Testament, the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. And we are going to look at a familiar verse along with some other verses along the way. But this is going to be home base for us. Galatians chapter 5, as we continue our series that we began last week, What's Missing? What's Missing? Standing out in cancel culture. And today we're going to talk about practical patience, practical patience. You know, we aren't very patient, are we, right? We aren't very, very patient as people. It begins at an early age, right? So think about waiting for your birthday or waiting for Christmas, right? When, when, you were, when you were little, when you were young, you just couldn't wait for Christmas. And it felt like forever, right? It felt like forever. But the, but the pre-Christmas party began when the catalogs come. I got anybody that remembers catalogs in here? All right, we're raising hands in the Baptist church. It's going to be a good day today. Catalogs would come, the pre-Christmas party. Now, there's some young people watching my video or some young people in here this morning. They're like, catalog, just go to Amazon. You know, there was no Amazon. Imagine that. No two-day shipping, no prime, none of that stuff. So we would get the catalog or the catalogs, and we'd go straight for the toy section, and then we'd get out our marker. Who had a big marker? I had a big old marker, and we were putting X's, or we were circling G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip, all that kind of stuff, right? And we were having fun deciding what, was gonna, what we were going to ask for for Christmas. And we just couldn't wait for it to get here. And so even at a very young age, patience is something that, that we're just not seem to be wired for, right? We, we, just, we, don't, we don't seem to have the, the makeup for patience, right? No, nobody gets out of bed and says, man, I can't wait to go to the doctor's office because I get to wait today. Nobody does that, right? So, so patience is, is almost foreign to us. We have the ATM, we've got the drive-through, we've got the two-day shipping, all that kind of stuff. But and patience has become a very rare commodity within our culture, right? Patience has, it's almost like we've gone out of the way to make patience obsolete. We, we have to have it now, we have to have it instantaneously. You know, my kids, they'll be on their device or whatever and Heaven forbid the Wi-Fi mess up at the house, right? And, and so I'm like, give it a second. It's going to space. Just give it a second, all right? It'll work out. But patience is, is, we're trying to make patience obsolete in our culture, and our culture doesn't want anything to do with patience. But the Word of God has something to say about patience and about how practical patience is for the life of the believer and for the life of the church. Our culture is... is is not only not highlighting empathy like we talked about last week, empathy is missing in our culture, but patience is also missing in a cancel culture. Now, I want to review our description of cancel culture, okay? And, and this, is, this is the review. Cancel culture refers to the popular practice of withdrawing support for, i.e. canceling, Withdrawing support for public figures and companies after they have done or said something considered to be objectionable or offensive. So we want to cancel people out. 
And that is the direct opposite of patience. Now, granted, there are certain times where some action has to be taken. I understand that. Every analogy kind of breaks down a little bit. But it doesn't negate the fact that as God's people and as God's church, patience is part of living out the gospel. Patience is something to actually be valued. You see, in God's economy, it's in the world's economy, in the culture's economy, patience isn't valued at all. We, the culture wants to make patience obsolete. But in God's economy, patience is value. It's of great value. And God's word reveals to his disciples the importance of patience and of godly patience and of exemplifying patience for others. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. It's supposed to be produced in the life of a believer. It is a, patience is a distinguishing characteristic, characteristic of a Christian ethic. Patience is part of that. And on top of all that, patience is wise. To have patience in our life is, is to live wisely and to live for God in a wise manner. And so this, these truths, they lead us to our big idea for today. So if you don't hear me say anything else today, hear me say this. Our big idea for today is patience promotes Jesus. Patience promotes Jesus. So let's consider from God's word today the value that God places upon patience. Because what's missing in our culture is patience. But that should not be missing as we pursue it in our life and as we live out the journey together as the church. So let's read Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This is what Paul writes to the church. Now before we get here, if we had time, we could, we could rewind and go back up. Paul's given a list of things to stay away from. He's given a list of, of vices or of sins to, to, to stay away from as believers and as the church. And now he counteracts that with this list of what the spirit in the life of the believer is to produce. And this is what he writes. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Then what? Patience. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Not too long ago, I was on social media scrolling through, and I followed this, uh, this nutrition site. It's called Precision Nutrition, and they had this, this interesting post on there. And it was about uh, the, this group of people in what's called the Blue Zone. Now, they got this from a TED Talk, a TED Talk gave by Dan Bonier. And it's regarding these Blue Zones. And it, I was not familiar with this. Maybe you are. But the Blue Zones within the world are these identified places where people live without debilitating diseases, where they live extremely long lives, and where they, where they live... Uh, without things that hindered them in their life. And so when we think about these blue zones, it's these places where people live these long, productive lives without being hindered in so many ways. And so these blue zones have become important as people have studied them and looked at them to find out why are these people in this place outliving and living a higher quality of life for longer than all the other people that we see in these other countries. And one of the biggest blue zones in the world is found in Okinawa, Okinawa, Japan. 
And they have a word that they live by. This word that they live by, uh, stay with me, I'm, I'm trying to get these things right, okay? But the word that they live by is ikigai. Ikigai. Y'all want to say that? Y'all wanted to say patience with me. Y'all not trying to say that with me, are you? But ikigai. Now, what does that mean in English? Well, a, a rough translation, it means a passion, a reason for living. That's what ikigai means. So these, these individuals in the blue zone, they're in Japan, they're living these long lives without diseases, with, with, without the struggles that so many other places face in this blue zone, they point to that they have a passion or a purpose for living. They have a passion or a purpose for living. Paul writes here to show us part of the passion and the purpose of living for the disciples. That we are to produce spiritual fruit, and one of those fruits that we produce it's called patience. So when we think about our purpose, that we're, that we're living for Christ, but, but on top of living for Christ as our, our, our purpose as a disciple, and our reason for living is for him, we're going to produce some things by the Spirit. The Spirit indwells us. We learn that from the New Testament. And so as the Spirit indwells us, then, then we're going to produce some things. And one of the things we are going to produce is patience. So in the economy of God, patience is very valuable because we are to be producers of patience. We, we are to stand out in a culture that wants to cancel things, especially something like patience, and we're to stand out and live out what patience looks like. The Apostle Paul writes his letters to show this purpose for the Christian life. And that patience is a component of this, this production of this spiritual fruit. It's not something we do in our own strength. We know it, when we lean into the spirit of the living God, then patience can be produced as a fruit in our life. I want to tell you all, my baby Bess, she loves her some fruit, okay? And she specifically loves blueberries. Anybody here like blueberries? It's a superfood. We should all love blueberries, right? So we come home, and, and when we come home, usually she, had, she doesn't eat a whole lot, we found out during the day. I think there's too much going on, if you know what I mean. And so she gets home from being at daycare, and she's always hungry. She needs a snack. And one day we had one of those square, small containers of blueberries. And so me trying to be the, the model parent, stay away from the cookies today, all right? We're going to put a superfood in you. We're going to give you some blueberries, right? So we sat down at the kitchen table, and I opened up the container, and she took one, and she, she, she really lets you know if she likes food, okay? Because she'll, she'll, she'll eat something, and she'll go, mmm, ooh, more. And so that's what we do at our house. If she really, mac and cheese, mm, not, so, not so much a superfood, but mac and cheese, mmm, more, more. And so this is, this is the dance we do when it comes to meals and snacks. And so I've got the, I've got the blueberries, and she's reaching into tin, and she's like getting handfuls, and she's like, more? And I'm like, go ahead, baby. And so we're, before we knew it, all the blueberries were gone. The whole tin was gone. And blueberries ain't cheap either. <laughs> I told Lizzie, we, we're going to have to plant a blueberry bush for this child at our house. But the purpose of a blueberry bush is to do what? Produce those berries. The purpose, the ikigai, 
of a disciple is to produce spiritual fruit. And spiritual fruit is not hanging around in culture very much. Culture, culture isn't hanging around spiritual fruit very much. And the church in a cancel culture must provide what's missing. And part of what's missing is patience. Part of what's missing is, is patience, not on patience on waiting on something, but patience in relation to each other. Having patience with one another to begin to, to walk through things together, to listen. Like we said last week, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice, and that brings harmony. That takes patience, right? That takes patience. And that's what Paul is showing here in the fruits of the Spirit. All of these fruits are produced by the Spirit. They're not produced because we're, we can be a better, better person. No, they, they're produced because the Spirit of the living God is moving in us, growing in us, shaping us and molding us. And we have to lean into that as the church. So therefore, those who are dwelt by the Spirit of God, they are producing, producing fruit, and projecting fruit. Patience, practical patience, is part of the purpose for every believer in the church. It's not something we just wish for. But we go to the Lord and we actively seek him to cultivate it by the Spirit. We, we lay before him and say, Lord, bring me this fruit of the Spirit of patience. Bring me to that place. Grow within me this patience that I need. And this proactive step, it helps to impact others. It helps to impact the body of Christ as a church, but then on the outside within the culture, we don't run from culture. We, we go in and we navigate culture. And as we do that as the church, we do that with patience because that is a fruit of the Spirit. Paul writes about this to the church in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. I want to read these verses to you because he shows that patience it's a distinguishing component of the church in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. This is not just something, hey, you get better at patience, your life's going to be better. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about leaning into the Spirit so that the Spirit that indwells you as a believer moves you to produce this fruit of the Spirit, patience. And then therefore that impacts others, including the body of Christ. Paul writes this. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, he says, Therefore I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. Let's side note there. If you have been called to salvation in Christ, you have a calling. Callings aren't just for preachers and missionaries and, and, and that kind of folk, all right? If you have been called to salvation in Christ, you have a calling upon your life. And Paul says that as a church, we live worthy of that calling. We have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. The seal is on our heart and on our life. We live worthy of that. Now, how do we do that? He says, with all humility and gentleness. And then what else? Patience. With all humility, gentleness, patience, these fruits of the Spirit, bearing with one another in what? In love. So as he writes to the church, he's saying, you're called out, church. You're not supposed to be like the culture. You're supposed to be separate from the culture. And what's missing in the culture is humility and gentleness and patience. 
So we as a church are to set the example of bearing with each other in love, living in harmony, and that takes patience. But it's part of our purpose. It's part of our purpose to live out the fruits of the Spirit as disciples and as the church to live out patience. Patience may not be a component of the culture, but it should be exemplified in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's part of our purpose. But it's also part of our ethic. It's also part of a Christian ethic. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, 12. Romans 12, 12. This week I was walking through the hall and Dan was here on Wednesday and he was reading this big, thick textbook. And first I stopped and I praised the Lord that I don't have to do that anymore. And then second, I began talking with him, and he was reading about how music was being composed from the 1500s to the 1800s. Don't you want to sign up for that book study? Amen? But he was reading about all these composers in this huge, thick, small print book, and how music began to be composed in all these different ways and all these different methods and all the, how it's carried over through the years and through the centuries. There is an ethic in our life as Christian that has to be composed by the Spirit. Now, what is ethics? What is ethics? What, what do we mean when we talk about ethics? What are ethics? Well, the general definition is ethics, they are the study of right and wrong to determine what one ought to do or what is good for a human. So that's a general idea of what ethics are, okay? The study of right and wrong to determine what one ought to do or what is good for a human, okay? Now, there's biblical Christian ethics. Biblical ethics is this, a system of right and wrong based upon or found in the Bible. So as we are called out for a purpose, the authority of God's Word, it reigns in our life, and we turn to it to do, understand what is right and what is wrong, a Christian biblical ethic. To view the world that way. Not to view the world as the culture would want us to view the world, but to stand out and to be separate as disciples and as the church, to view the world as God calls us to view the world. Now let's read Romans 12, 12. Paul says, rejoice. He's writing in this section. We don't have time to go through the whole section, but he's writing about a Christian ethic here in Romans 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. So there's that word patient again, patient, talking about patience, being patient in affliction. Policy writes the church, says there, there's all these threads that are woven together to create a Christian ethic. And part, one of those threads that is woven together to make that Christian ethic is patience. Patience in affliction. Now, now culture would, would want to cancel the affliction. Culture would want to get by the affliction. Culture would want to blame the affliction on someone else. But for the believer in the Christian ethic is to live through the affliction with patience, glorifying and honoring God in that. And Paul writes about this Christian ethic. So patience is woven into and composing the Christian ethic. The need of patience is, is part of the Christian ethic. He not only supplies the truth that patience is a part of the Christian ethic, but he gives a practical step following that. Because he speaks here and he says, rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction. 
And then he gives the practical step. Practical step that's going to lead us to patience and affliction. He says, be persistent in what? In prayer. Be persistent in prayer. This points us to how important prayer is for our life. This points us to to how important prayer is for the journey of the believer. This points us to understanding that if we want to produce spiritual fruit like patience, that persistent prayer has to be part of our daily life. It can't be leaned upon just when emergencies happen. It can't be talked about as though, hey, that's a good thing, but never followed through with. No, it has to be ingrained and persistent, grafted into our daily lives. Persistent prayer is what's going to produce that patience that separates us, that makes us look different for, for a, count, a cancel culture, and it's going to promote who Jesus is when we pray persistently. And that's what Paul gives us here. And he shows us the importance of that prayer. You know, persistent prayer is the path for the believer, not persistent posts. And some of y'all are watching through social media and we, we praise the Lord for technology. But if we're posting more than we're praying, if we've got to post more than we pray, if we're more persistent about our posts, and what we say on our posts than we are what we, what we say to the living God, then we're not going to look different than the culture. We're not going to look different than anybody else. So what's missing? What's missing is empathy and what's missing is patience. And to have patience, we need persistent prayer. And that might just mean we need to disconnect from the advantages of our technological age and reconnect to the one who cultivates spiritual fruit. Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe that's where God is calling us as the church, that we would devote ourselves to prayer. We talked about that in our Wednesday Bible study, Colossians chapter 4. Paul gives the command to the church in Colossae. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. Be persistent in the activity of prayer. And so as disciples, as believers that profess, that, that have been called out to be separate, By the Lord Jesus Christ, persistence in prayer matters. The disciples asked Jesus. They could have asked him, how do you walk on water? They could have asked him, how do you do this miracle? They could have asked him anything. What did they ask him? How do we pray? And so if we're going to be separate, if we're going to stand out, if we're going to live bearing in love with one another, living out that spiritual fruit of patience, it means we're going to have to be persistent in prayer persistent in prayer patience is not only ethically ethically right though it's also wise i want to invite you to turn to proverbs chapter 15 proverbs chapter 15 verse 8 i know we i know we've been shuffling around to different spots but we want to see fully what god's word says about patience and the importance of it and how in the economy of god patience is valued If it's valued by God, then we should value it as his church. So Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18. You know, one of the most important questions you and I can ever ask 
One of the most important questions, no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what we're going through in life, no matter what we find ourselves, whether we're on campus at school, whether we're starting our career, whether we're on the back end and retired of our career, wherever we find ourselves, one of the best questions we can ever ask is this. What's the wise thing to do? What's the wise thing to do? Now, when we ask that question, it would, as my senior English teacher would say, behoove us, behoove us to go to God's word to find the Because God's not low on wisdom. Did you know that? My wife drove around in her van the other day with that light on in the gas tank. And I find out she'd been doing it for like three days. Low on gas, right? Like, baby, you can't do that. You can't do that. God's not low on wisdom. There's no wisdom light on for God, okay? He's full all the time on all the wisdom that you and I would ever need. So we ask, what's the wise thing to do when we're needing some patience? And then we make a direct beeline to the Word of God to find out, yes, what's the wise thing to do? And he shares one of these key wisdom sayings in the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, verse 18. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but one slow to anger calms strife. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but one slow to anger calms strife. And see, we, we come to the wisdom literature, and it shows us how wise patience can be. It shows us just how wise patience can be. God doesn't leave us alone without the commodity of wisdom. No, he wants to impart the commodity of wisdom into our life. And here in Proverbs, we see how patience is this wise possession for believers in their individual life. But also it's a wise possession for the church as we come together collectively. What do we see in this Proverb. Well, first we see what happens in the absence of patience. When there's not patience, when there's anger, and, and there's a hot temper, it says a hot tempered person does what? Stirs up conflict. So we see what happens with the absence of patience. Conflict begins. It's stirring up a conflict. It gives this image of, of moving something around, stirring it up real good, right? And so it shows us the absence of patience. Now, conflict doesn't necessarily have, did you know conflict's neutral, right? Did you know that? Because there can be good conflict. Say you're in a meeting at work and there's some ideas going back and forth. Now, there's some conflict there, but it brings about clarity and it brings about the next steps and it brings about where, where the, the office needs to go or the company needs to go. So, there, so conflict's neutral. If we, and if we hold it in a positive way, it can lead to clarity and some important steps, Okay. But negative conflict stirred up by hot-temperedness and that hot-headedness stirred up like that, the absence of patience that leads to nothing that is healthy. And that shouldn't be said of the church. That shouldn't be said of the believer that the hot-headedness of those people at that church just stirred up a bunch of stuff. What witness is that to a dying world? So that shows us what's missing in the culture and why patience is so important for the believer and so important for the church. 
Secondly, we see in this verse that patience, it does something. He says there that patience calms. Can you remember a time in your life where things were just, just it was just a, a struggle. I mean, that's a microcosm of 2020, right? But maybe someone in your life came and sat next to you and, and they just helped calm you down. Or, or maybe you made that trip to go, to go visit your, your mom or, or someone and, and just being there talking with them, talking things out. It just helped calm you down, right? Patience is an agent for this calming effect. It's what the Lord wants to give to us. It's, it's why the Lord wants to cultivate the, 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 the spiritual fruit of patience in our life because it brings calming in our life. So in a cancel culture, nothing is ever calm. It's constantly stirred. In a cancel culture, there's always something to be stirred up about. There, there's always another cycle coming to stir something up, right? And then two weeks go by, we forget about that, and then we're stirring something else up. That's cancel culture. The culture of the church should be patience and living in harmony and bearing with each other in love to bring calm to the situation, to bring the presence of God. You and I are called to be set apart from a cancel culture because we are image bearers of God called out to live for God in order to be the church to bring a calming presence for the name of God. We're not called to be caught up into the stirring. That's not what we're called to be. We're not called to be in the, in the cycles. We're called to stand outside of that as salt and light so that Jesus would be promoted, so that Jesus would be glorified because patience promotes Jesus. See, a cancel culture, it thrives on strife. It's like oxygen. The cycles that we see, the cancel culture that's happening right before our very eyes, it's like oxygen to have strife. That shouldn't be said of the church. The calming sp spirit presence, the calming presence of the living God should move us to stand out from culture to show what's missing, and what's missing is patience because patience promotes Jesus. And that's what I want for you, friend, brother and sister in Christ, church. That's what I want for you. I want patience to be cultivated. I want this, the spiritual fruit of patience to be produced in your heart and your life. That all that strife and all that hot-headedness and all that other kind of stuff, all the cycles of cancel culture, step outside of that. Step into the calming presence of God, persistent in prayer, living in harmony, bearing with each other in love. May we set an example as the people of God for the glory of God, for the, the renown of his name. May we be about what's missing to show that patience is central to our hearts. See, when we take the gospel lenses and we put them on, and we lay them over culture, we see that patience is missing because the gospel shows us the importance of patience. Jesus is patient with you and I in our sin. Jesus is, is long-suffering with you and I that we would not allow sin to, to continue to reign in our lives, but that we would surrender to him. 
reminds me of that old hymn that we all know. I look around, we all know this hymn. I'm not going to try to sing it, so praise Jesus for that. But softly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting, he's watching, he's watching for you, he's watching for me. Come home, come home, ye who are weary, come home, earnestly, tenderly. Jesus is calling. Oh, sinner, come home. Patience promotes Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, we bow before you today. We are humbled by your word. We are challenged by it. Lord, may we be a people of patience. It's missing in our culture, but may it not be missing in your church. And it doesn't mean it's easy, God. It doesn't mean it's easy at all. But it's worth it. And I fail at it so much, God. I fail at being patient in so many ways. And I, and I just confess that right now. And, and I, just, I just want you to help build by the Spirit, help build that spiritual fruit in my life. And I pray over everyone here and everyone watching and listening, that, that you would begin to stir in their heart and in their life that patience would begin to grow and that we would seek harmony and we would seek to bear with each other in love, that, that we would seek to, to move together in unity for your glory, God. That we would step out of the cycle and the strife of cancel culture and we would embrace you and be salt and light for your name, God. Patience, it promotes you. May we be living out that purpose and that passion in our life beginning today, running throughout the rest of this week, God, and even more. It would be our purpose and it would be our passion. It would be what we, the, the wise thing we seek to do. We would have patience at home. We would have patience at work. We would have patience with, with friends. We would have patience with family members, with spouses, with children. That they, they were just you would grow that in our life and that we, we would take those steps back and we, we wouldn't try to do it on our own, but we would just lean into you, oh God, that you might cultivate that patience so that our lives may promote a risen Lord. Maybe someone here today or someone listening today and they recognize that there is a patient Savior, a Savior whose name is Jesus, and he's earnestly, tenderly calling them to come home. There's a decision to be made this morning. I want you to know I'm going to stick around after we dismiss. We're going to dismiss by sections in just a moment. And I'm going to stick around. And whatever you need prayer for, whatever you need to talk about, I want to be available for you. If you're watching and listening and, and you know that the Savior is earnestly calling, would you private message us or, or, or find our website and, and contact us? We want to journey with you as Jesus calls you home. Lord, use us to live out patience to promote you. May you be glorified among your people. 
We pray this in your holy, powerful, precious name. Amen.